0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trends Talk. I'm your host, Taylor St. Germain, and today I have a special guest on the show. ITR Economics has partnered with many great companies over the years, and one of the most exciting partnerships we have is with Chief Outsiders. Now, Chief Outsiders has been on the forefront of marketing, sales, and more, and they provide fractional fractional CMOs to help mid-sized businesses with their marketing initiatives. They utilize the best technology and data to provide world-class value and insights to the organizations that they work with. My guest this week is Pete Hayes. He's a principal at Chief Outsiders, and today we're going to find out what Chief Outsiders sees going into 2024 and beyond. Thanks so much, Pete, for joining us on this episode of Trends Talk. We really appreciate it.
1: Love the Trends Talk.
0: I wanted to start off with uh, understanding a little bit more about Chief Outsiders, especially for the sake of our listeners. So can you tell us more about Chief Outsiders and specifically the benefits of a fractional fractional CMO or CSO?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, the company was uh, developed about 15 years ago with this observation that CEOs, they often have a vision for growth they're often frustrated with their organization's ability to get it done. And uh, in mid-sized companies in particular, that uh, typically don't tap the resources of major consultancies and such, they were often missing the marketing executive role at the table. So you had a head of sales, maybe head of engineering or product and HR and so forth. And uh, marketing was kind of left up to the entrepreneur founder Cause they had the big vision for where they're going to go, but they get to a point where, you know, they don't have an engine to take them forward. They're missing that person at the table to hand off those kind of strategic key initiatives. And so that's, that's how it was founded. So, um, you know, the, the value that we provide is to fill the seat, uh, provide executive level guidance on marketing. And, and then we just last year added the executive sales function. Um, so you 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 fill the seat and what kind of interesting in co- in COVID, um, you know we lost some business we lost some restaurants in particular um, that it kind of had to shut down but but because they're part of the executive team it, we weren't treated like consultants we were pulled in like every other executive team kind of pulled together and hunkered down to get through the COVID timeframe so that was kind of interesting and a proof point that you know we get to be on the management team and now of over almost 2000 companies we've been on the management team of. So it's a big deal.
0: You know, as you're talking with all these organizations you work with and all these business leaders, what challenges do you foresee coming this year? And how are you working with some of the organizations or CMOs and CSOs to overcome these challenges and drive growth in particular in 2024?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think so much of it comes down to Again, how much confidence do you have to make the decision? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we mentioned a lot of folks are kind of jumping in saying, hey, you know, we're past it because they're looking at their 401ks and they're going, hey, yeah, things are pretty good. <laughs> S&P 500 is looking awesome. But, uh, but, the, and that can be a leading indicator as you guys will tell us. Uh, but at the same time, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, and, you, and you're going to have to be careful. Um, you know, the timing all has to do with if if you know what's coming around the corner then then you can you can you can time the move. So for 24, uh yeah, um I think some of our clients are surprised that we're saying not yet. Uh you know, it's not time to go or it's not time to go there. Um and and even you know, we often you know, it's not just about marketing investments that people are planning, you know, capital expenditure to To go big, um, whether that's warehouses, you know, manufacturing equipment, um, or or any other sort of capital investment. So, um, the magic that you guys provide, obviously, looking around the corner, is the key to that. And 24 is is a tricky year. And I think, given that you guys are so bullish on the rest of the decade, um, if we can time the buy low, right? If we can time that turn where we can beat our competitors to investing or investing more wisely uh then we're we're in much better shape right
0: yeah and that's what we've been talking about a lot in 2024 uh, and on this podcast as well is, you know, using this slower period of activity in 24 to be preparing for, as you alluded to, the decade of, or half a decade yeah. of growth we have, you know, between 25 and 29, of course, leading up to 2030 topic for another day. But as we come out of 24, we see, you know, consecutive years of GDP growth. So we've been urging uh, organizations to really uh, think of efficiency gains in ways to invest in particular inefficiencies in 24 to benefit 25 and beyond. And again, brings me to another question for, for you. When we think about investing in efficiencies and technology developments in automation, how can these technology developments and in investments in automation streamline marketing processes and improve efficiency? I imagine marketing processes today look much different than even what they looked like five years ago.
1: But, you know, I'm thinking of Datacast is is an instance of, uh, for, you know, for your folks listening, if they don't know what Datacast is, it's, 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 you know, you become an ITR analyst on your data. And one of the things we do with many of our clients just right off the bat is we take their, you know, history of their sales data, as much as we can get, you know, if we can get 10 years, that's great. If it's five, it's okay. Uh, but, and we create the 312-12-12 charts that you guys are famous for. And it helps our clients see what uh, where they are in their own economic cycle, and when you combine that with looking at their industry that they're in, or the industries that their key customers are in, they've got an interesting set of data to begin to see how they may want to go or not go, or wh- just where they are. So, so the the, the technology platform of, of Datacast that. Uh, that now takes some of that and allows you to see, especially from our own company, where do we sit? You know what indicators are we tracking with? Um, and some of the insights are we just recently, in fact Alan Julio took a look at our data and gave us a little peek and he says, you know you're tracking these couple industries. you might want to be watching them all the time. But then he gave us a, a little a nice little bonus uh, uh, and you could see it right in the data. He goes, looks like you're not keeping up here. He goes, there's probably some internal things going on that need to be addressed, and lo and behold, there are. Right, there are some things that we're having to change. There's some changes we've made that maybe haven't caught traction yet in uh, in our overall growth strategy. But we need to talk about AI some more. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm ready to do that when you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly, and you know, you're exactly right. Where we, you know our, our organization has changed in a very meaningful way. You know, as we deploy machine learning into some of the models, even just our data organization and being able to interact with databases and recall data, you know, automation and AI has been, um, you know, a significant part of our strategy and and certainly will be moving forward. Do you have any interesting examples of organizations you've worked with that have deployed AI in, in marketing schemes, marketing plans?
1: Yeah, I you know, I mentioned the growth gears and mm. and you know the first gear being insight. So it's you know, you want to analyze marketplaces, competitors, customers, and your own company. Well, look at the data sets that you may or may not have, or you can easily get, but sometimes the company's data sets like their 312-1212 is interesting. But um, I think one of the most interesting activities that 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 we do with our clients and we do internally is just doing a massive extract out of your CRM. So this is when a deal was created, this was when it was closed, this is how much money it was, this is who sold it, this is the channel in which it came in. And, uh, uh, and then you have your marketing investments and so forth, and you're able to ask questions. Uh, like looking over the past three years, can you see any changes in our sales cycle? And your engine will say, Actually, your your sales cycle used to be uh, pretty consistently at, at three weeks. It's moved uh, six weeks, uh, but the good news is that it's stabilized. Well, that sounds like a conversation, but that's coming right out of, I guess that was Claude. I was using Claude.ai for our own business. Um, so that, that and you know, evaluating lifetime customer value, which is pretty drawn out uh, analysis. Well, it's not so drawn out when you, when you've got uh, an engine. Um, just the whole idea of things like pivot tables—I've never got good at pivot tables, and I don't have to because I can ask questions. You can ask it to chart things for you. You can ask it to, you know, spit data back. And I had—we had, we had a, a whole bunch of uh, uh, well, actually, one of my favorite examples are net promoter scores. So we took, you know, five years of net promoter score verbatims. So these are all promoters. Throw it in and say. What are the common themes of how Chief Outsiders helps its clients? Pretty good thing for a marketing team to know about sure. what's going on. And it tells you. And of course, then there's the other question. You take your detractors. What are, the, what are the, how do we let clients down? And you get another data set. We took, we have 55 case studies all packaged up across seven different segments. Companies can do this, right? They take, take examples of their work. We toss it into, uh, uh, I think that was Humata, and you ask, uh, what kind of problems is Chief Outsider solving? And here's a set of value props and problem areas. How does it different from financial industries to consumer? Completely different set of phraseology and and value statements, right? So the kinds of things we're doing in marketing. In, in summary, in some ways, it allows us to fail faster, right? We can make decisions faster. Uh, which happens when uh, when we when we're taking a client to market and they require uh, a lot of it- iterations in their online ads. You know, the more you can iterate and the more you can A B A B C D E F G now Z test, the faster you can test value propositions to see what's going to be attractive. The more quickly you can move, and and that changes a lot. It's not like you're one and done. I, I know a uh, I know a company that has a um, um, uh, pharmaceutical. Uh, uh, product or it's, it's over the counter, but they're, they're a $40 million company on one product. Well, they got two other products that they really know are great, but they just haven't had the bandwidth internally to take them to market. Well, well, now those two products, after starting to use literally a chat GPT engine, they're able to iterate on these, on these ads. And they were able to, now those two products are now 40% of the company. And uh, and the guy running that program says, "I, I you know I, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it without without these tools. So it changes everything, right? Or
0: sure. I mean, you said fifty five case studies. That sounds daunting, but I imagine with AI, it's a uh, relatively straightforward process.
1: I mean, can you imagine asking somebody on your team to read through this stuff and look for themes and you get the little yellow marker out or something? I mean, you can, you know how do you? I mean, it just yeah. So uh, it, it, it changes everything. And, and I, my advice to anybody is if you don't, if you don't have a tab and if you're not subscribed to two or three different engines for one thing or another uh, and you're not talking to, talking to them every day, um, you know, happy retirement, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to be left out. It's not that your job's going to be replaced by AI. It's that every job is going to use AI. It, and that's, you know, that's just the end of the end of the day, especially in marketing.
0: And I think that's been our message, where you know, as we talk about robotics and in in automation and yeah. AI, it's uh, making us more efficient and offsetting a labor constraint that we con- that we already have. And so we see this as the necessary path forward, uh, even when we think about some of those larger conversations, like the labor shortage that we have. And so. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to hear how you're using AI. And I know you mentioned some of some KPIs uh in 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 your analysis there regarding A- AI, but do you have any other uh suggestions for KPIs or favorite KPIs that listeners who are just yeah you know, in the process of bolstering their marketing team can 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 take back to the bank with them?
1: Sure. I think time and again we find with our clients that um when they when they're um complaining of <laughs> CEO saying, you know, where's the growth, where's more business and, and, and you immediately look at the sales funnel naturally, you know, we want more business, but the focus is always on the top of the funnel. Every time we need more opportunities. And yet when you look at the funnel, you find things like, okay, well, a third of our opportunities weren't qualified. Okay. Well, a third of them aren't qualified. Are you spending money to attract that business? And maybe you need to spend it differently. So you're attracting better qualified opportunities. Then you'll see things like, and a third of our opportunities are, they go cold. Hmm. So now I've got a middle of the funnel problem that says somebody either isn't finding the relevance or the sales team's not following up in a timely fashion. Something's broken in sales operations, right? Uh, Or it's the bottom of the funnel where we just literally lack the skills or, or we're not aware of what... Sometimes at the bottom of the funnel is where uh, competitive activity kicks in because you, you may not even know it, depending upon how good your you know sales process is. Are you in a competitive situation? And as a result, are you able to compete um, um, effectively? Right, And so there's gold in the middle of the funnel is kind of the, the bottom line to that. And so rather than just measuring top of funnel KPIs and bottom of the funnel deal closed, Find ways of measuring things that are going on in the middle, such as the things we talked about. And then the other, the other classic things are it's it's funny how many companies don't spend much time looking at a lifetime value of a client and trying to extend that. Uh, and then things like sales cycle, like we mentioned previously. If you can you can shorten the sales cycle by 20%, you just made your sales force 20% more efficient.
0: Look for the gold in the middle. Yeah. Well, uh, Pete, you're a wealth of information, and that's why <laughs> many of us, and uh, for many reasons, are so happy to have you as a as a partner of ITR Economics, you and Chief Outsiders. Could you let our listeners know where they can find you and Chief Outsiders if they'd like to get in contact with you?
1: That's chiefoutsiders.com. Um, I'm Pete Hayes is my Twitter handle. Uh, Pete at Chief Outsiders is my email. So it's all pretty simple. Um, and all of our CMOs and CSOs, you know, their their backgrounds, you can reach them, their contact information is all on the website. They're always up for a conversation. Um, you know, don't think that contacting them puts you in some sort of massive sales structure. They're consultants. They want to help. Um, you know, again, the, the mid-market companies we're helping, we're, we're, you know, when the big companies are grabbing a McKinsey or a Bain that's what they're getting. They're getting market insight. They're getting economic um, clues about where to invest, where to not to invest. And with with your data and with smart, uh, you know, fractional executives, man, you can you can really make big things happen. So it's it's our pleasure to be part of your uh, partnership.
0: Well, we really appreciate you being here. I'm looking forward to uh, joining you on stage for our panel at your upcoming oh. conference. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, really everybody. Like- you guys can't come. Taylor's coming to our national conference. We bring everybody in from across the country and Taylor's going to participate uh, in, with uh, with everybody on that. So that'll be fun. That's not too far off.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great time. That's for sure. Well, well, thanks for your time today. Thanks for joining us on Trends Talk. We really appreciate it.
1: All right. Thank you, Taylor.
0: Thanks so much to Pete and Chief Outsiders for joining us on this episode of Trends Talk. As a reminder, please like and subscribe to Trends Talk wherever you listen to your podcast, There's a link in the description of this episode uh, to Chief Outsider's website. Please feel free to reach out to Pete directly. We appreciate your time today. Looking forward to the next episode of Trends Talk. And thanks so much for tuning in.